This episode is sponsored by Kensington Books. Hey everyone, it's Cameron. And Gabby. And you're listening to the Literally Us podcast. Where we talk about romance books, pop culture, and everything in between. We're also members of the Amazing Frolic Podcast Network. And make sure you follow us on Instagram to stay up to date on podcast news and share your favorite reads. Our friends at Kensington have a brand new historical romance by Vanessa Riley. In Earl, the Girl, and a Toddler is the second swoon-worthy installment of the Rogues and Remarkable Women series. With a shipwreck, a heroine struggling with amnesia, and an overprotective single father Earl, this book is one you do not want to miss. Available now wherever books are sold. Today we are so excited to have Sarah Hogel on our show. Sarah is the author of the critically acclaimed You Deserve Each Other and her latest release, Twice Shy. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah, thank you for being here. I am such a big fan of You Deserve Each Other. So this is special, like especially a fangirl moment for me because it's like one of my favorite books of 2020. Oh, thank you. So you have your new book out, Twice Shy. Love the cover, by the way. What can you tell us about it? Twice Shy is about Maybelle, who is a daydreamer, and she's kind of unhappy with her life right now. She's working with someone who recently catfished her, and um, she hasn't quite gotten over that. When her great aunt dies, she leaves her uh, this great big estate with a beautiful house in the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee. So Maybelle's really excited to go get her fresh start. But when she shows up at the house, she finds out that, like, it's completely ruined. It's going to need a lot of work. And also, she isn't the only inheritor. It comes with a really grouchy groundskeeper named Wesley, who gets half of everything. They disagree on what they want to do with the house. They butt heads, and he seems to not want anything to do with her. I love all the grouch in a hero. Um, The grouchier, the better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So if you could choose only five adjectives to describe Mabel and Wesley, what would they be? I would choose sweet, especially for her. Anxious, more so for him. Comforting, magical, and fluffy together. Oh, I love Fluffy. <laughs> fluffy, they're so fluffy. It's a very fluffy book. It's a cupcake. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it really is. And I I feel like you can describe you deserve each other the same way. It's just so fluffy, so earnest. You want to give it a big hug. Yeah. And both books are also kind of like enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. What draws you to this trope? And do you have any other favorite tropes? I think... What I love about Enemies to Lovers is there's a lot of opportunity with humor there because I like the comedy part of rom-coms a lot. And when you have two people who don't get along, there's, you know, they can kind of bicker and you can really make it fun. Whereas if they get along from the get-go, then that's really nice, but I can't make them have as many antics. Yeah. I like the friction. Yes. I also really love second chance romance, which is um, another trope in You Deserve Each Other because I like the history between the characters. There's a lot of material there for them to work with. 
because they go in, they already know. You don't have to show them learning all these details about each other because they already have this backstory that you can use and you could use it like against them. If one character has information on the other one, they know would make them mad if they brought it up. So they do it and that can be really fun. I'm so glad you brought that up because I love enemies to lovers. And I also love how you you're the first book is sort of like it is a second chance romance, but it also looks at the couple after they've been engaged. So like you said, there's there's so much history there. And normally I feel like the general template of a room in a romance novel is like there's a neat cute moment that leads up to a happy ever after, but there's also a lot of exposition. And in your book, um, there isn't as much exposition because the couple already knows each other. So it's interesting to see how they fight for their relationship and kind of get back to a place where they can, you know, be together and fall in love with each other again. Yeah. Do you have any other favorite tropes? Ooh. Um, Let's see. Enemies to lovers. Second chance. Those are probably my big two. Oh, best friends to lovers is also really cute. I think that's a sweet one. Yeah. The foundation of it is already like, again, I think you have that banter. And that's so important because they already know each other. So there isn't a whole lot of, um, I guess, like awkwardness in their relationship. It sets the foundation for like a tense filled romance because you don't know if your best friend has like feelings for you and you're kind of like walking on eggshells and it's interesting to see how that unravels so much angst and pining in that i love a good angsty book like anything with a lot of pining (laughs) angstiness and groveling that's like my big thing (laughs) (laughs) so what inspired you to start writing romance i discovered romance a few years ago, I'm relatively new compared to, I feel like everybody else has been reading it since they were, you know, 13. But I discovered it a few years ago. I was going through my digital library looking for just whatever. And it was called the Laurel Heights series by Kate Perry. And I had never read any books where it was like, The same cast of characters, but just a different one in each one. But they're all friends. They live in the same area. And I devoured it. And then I started looking, well, I wonder if there are any more novels like these. And there were a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) So I found Entangled, the publisher Entangled, their books on Libby. And I read so many of them. That's how I found Tessa Bailey. And I'm like, I would really love to write this. Because until then, I was writing mostly young adult fantasy but I had read so many romance, I had to give it a try. We're in the same boat. Like we, I think we started when we were in college. And for me, I was a big fan of like YA romances. So for me, it was like, I was leading into adult romances, but it wasn't until college that I devoured my first adult romances. And I wanted to get more of that because I think the, I think adult romances deal with happy endings a little more realistically because it's like you're adult. So of course, it makes sense for couples to get married, whereas like you wouldn't expect a 16 year old to get married. (laughs) So I really enjoyed that. And I just devoured anything I could get my hands on. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite authors? I have so many that I cannot name them all. But a couple, Tessa Bailey, because like, 
she was one of them that really pulled me in. As soon as I discovered her, I wanted to read everything she'd ever written. And it was all so good. Like she mm -hmm. is this, the queen of steamy writing. She's so good. And also Holly Black. I like her Folk of the Air books. Ooh, I've never read Holly Black before. Yeah. I, I love her Folk of the Air books. And also I have to shout out Jane Austen because she's the OG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've been reading any of those like Jane Austen retellings, but they've been some of my favorite. I'm going to be reading one soon, actually. What was it called? I think it's called A Certain Appeal. It comes oh. out with Putnam. I'm going to be reading the arc of it soon. And it's supposed to be like a burlesque Pride and Prejudice retelling where it's like Meryton is a burlesque place. I don't know. I'm really looking forward to reading it, though. That sounds so interesting. Two of my favorites have been Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin mm -hmm. and Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors by Sonali Dev. Both were so good. I have... Oh, no, I don't have that one. <laughs> I thought I might have one of those on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend um, if you get a chance to read them. I love them so much. I, I still think about them and I read them, I think it was like last year or the year before. Yeah. So is there a romance book that you feel changed your life after reading it? Um, I really don't know if there's one specific one. I think it was the cumulative, all those books that I read, like when I discovered it and I would just be going through them so fast that I wouldn't even read the titles. Right. I would just be like, as many as I could find, and I'd be putting them all on hold. I think that experience definitely changed my life and it made me a hardcore romance enthusiast. I remember those days. I would just download whatever I could find. Oh, you know, enemies to lovers or second chance. And I'll just like add that to my cart and start reading. And to yeah. this day, like there are there are books that are fuzzy to me. Like I don't remember the titles, but I remember the description <laughs> and yeah. what they were about. There's so many books that I've read and loved, but I could not tell you the names of them or even the names of the main characters, but I can just, I can remember the feeling of them. Yeah. And like, I still kind of kick myself over not logging them into my Goodreads because like the, it would have been so helpful for, for me to just keep a log. But I think I've been a little, I don't know how, what your relationship with Goodreads is, but in the past I would just read a book and not log it. But now, like since we started the podcast, especially, I've been trying to be more diligent about logging them in so that I can go back to them and kind of relive that experience, actually get to think about what those books were about. Yeah, I've started keeping track in my bullet journal, which I've only started doing this year, but I'm going to keep doing that forever. I write little descriptions of every book that I read when I finish reading it. I wish I could do that. I really do. I'm, <laughs> I love bullet journals and I love the way they look. And I always tell myself, okay, maybe I'll try it. Like maybe I'll start it this time. And it just never happens. <laughs> I've been trying for a long time. and I thought this is the year and I did it. I'm so proud. <laughs> Oh, that's the best. Yeah. I always tell myself, like, I want to track. I don't want to just track my ratings. Like, I want to find somewhere where I can just track my feelings so I can go back to it yeah. and see how I felt. That's a really smart idea. And Twice Shy is, of course, your sophomore romance. Has there been anything you learn from your debut that changed your perception of the romance genre and just like writing in general? I'm not sure. Like I've been going over this question trying to figure out how I would answer it because like I've been processing the experience so gradually that that it's really hard to tell what 
I've absorbed. I have learned that every book is going to be a very different experience. Like writing, you deserve each other. I wrote that in a month and it was really easy. It was like the easiest book I've ever written. And then twice shy, I wrote two different versions of that book and it was really tough to get to the end result. Um, That's fair. Yeah. That happens a lot. I feel like I hear with authors, sometimes that first book is just, it just flows out. And then some other times it's like that second book, it takes a little longer. Yeah. Second book syndrome. And I Mm -hmm. thought that won't be me because I've written a lot of books, so I didn't think it would make a difference. But knowing that people would read it, I felt a lot of pressure and I felt very scared about the comparisons because I knew people would compare it. Like, would they say this is too similar to you deserve each other or not similar enough. They didn't, or maybe they wouldn't like it. I had a lot of worries about that and exactly what kind of tropes I should use to kind of compliment you deserve each other. Yeah. But I'm really happy where I ended up with it. Yeah, I get that. And what I really love about both of your books is, and one thing that really uh, struck out to me is just how quietly romantic and just like earnest these characters are and how you really try to flesh out the concept of like actions speak louder than words because we're dealing with characters who are really quiet and especially the heroes who don't have a lot to say but they make up for that in their actions and I just felt like that was a it was a really interesting and lovable take. Oh thank you. So we want to play a quick game um, called Date, Ditch, Devour and we're going to do we're going to give you some tropes and then you let us know which one you, would you date which one would you ditch and which one would you devour? Okay. So the three tropes are vampire, rock star, and duke. We really pulled through a curveball with the vampire one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would definitely ditch the rock star because they don't have a reputation for being faithful. Mm-hmm. I would date the duke and I would really wine and dine that one and get all that duke money. Yeah. (laughs) And then I got to devour the vampire because what if he can make me immortal? I mean, I got to have that. Right. And what if he devours you first? So I'm just going to say that. I will take that risk. You wonder who's doing the devouring there. (laughs) Oh, I love it. And speaking of tropes, there are so many different subgenres in romance. Is there one you'd love to write that is not rom-com eventually? I would really like to write romantic fantasy. Ooh, we can get behind that. We've been looking for one. We really could. We've been really looking for some good romantic fantasy. We talk about it all the time. I recently read The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels by Andia Holton, and it is just an absolutely bonkers historical fantasy romance and I read that and I'm like oh my goodness I wish that I could like could I get away with writing something like this because she just went so bananas with it and it's awesome it's like uh like a Jane Austen novel except they're pirates and they have flying houses for captain for like their ships it is so much fun and I would like to be able to write things that are a little bit off the wall like that too with fantasy elements Oh, that's so interesting. I've been seeing that book everywhere, but I thought it was just a historical romance. I didn't think there was a fantasy element to it. So I'm definitely going to check that out. Wow. Yeah, like the main character is this 
elegant society lady, but she's also a pirate and she will steal stuff from you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of our favorites has been Pestilence by Laura Talasa. I don't know if you've read that before, but Mm. it's a little darker. I mean, I would say it's a lot darker because it's about (laughs) apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's about the apocalypse, the four horsemen. And um, so each book is dedicated to a horseman. The first one is pestilence. And second one is, I think, war. Third one is famine. And fourth one is death. So it's really, it takes forbidden romance to a whole new level. I like that. It really does. And because the hero, you're like, you do not like him. And it's not like, oh, you don't like him, but he's like, hi. It's like, you really think he might come right now and kill you like it's scary but it's (laughs) it's really good (laughs) i gotta check that out yeah um they give a new meaning to anti-heroes because they're you know they're here to bring the plague to everyone on earth for being corrupt (laughs) and they fall in love (laughs) how does that work they really don't have in the beginning they don't have any like human qualities where i think sometimes with anti-heroes you expect like their certain human qualities to make them a little softer these guys Mm -hmm. don't have any of that and so you just think okay they're gonna break at one point and it's like three quarters of the way through and they're still kind of holding strong but it's really good wow so we highly recommend that that. (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe her love story four horsemen as the love interest that's crazy i love that (laughs) yeah you don't think you're gonna love it because i remember gabby had recommended to me i'm like oh i don't know how i feel about this and then i was reading and reading i was like i still don't know how i feel about this but then he does change for the better Mm -hmm. and it's interesting to kind of track that progress and see him get to a point where he actually has empathy for people on earth and how that all plays out it's it's really fascinating and it's something we i haven't seen before in a romance which is why i was so drawn to it Mm, that sounds good (laughs) have there been any romances that you've read lately that not everyone knows about i have been mostly reading arcs lately so probably Um, (laughs) (laughs) they're all a mystery (laughs) if i could just run through my list here yeah go for it (laughs) the shoddy setup by lily vale that is a second chance contemporary romance and it's just gorgeous love lists and fancy ships by sarah grunder ruiz and that one deals with grief and like they work on a yacht so it's really summery And also The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels by India Holton, which I just talked about. Mm -hmm. A Brush with Love by Maisie Eddings, which has really fantastic anxiety rep in it. And Very Sincerely Yours by Carrie Winfrey, which I love because the the love interest in that one is a puppeteer for a local children's TV show. And like, I just haven't read anybody like him before. Interesting. That's That's unique. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm definitely going to read that now. I like when there's just something that you don't expect in a book and that like just hooks you just from the description. Yeah, that one, um, the heroine thinks that her boyfriend is going to propose, but then he ends up dumping her. So she's kind of out on her luck and doesn't know who she is because her identity has been wrapped up in taking care of this ex-boyfriend. So she's got to learn about herself. She learned she moves in with her two friends and they come up with this list for her of just um, 
I think it's called Teddy Time. The main character's name is Teddy. So she can learn more about herself. And she has been watching this this man's TV show. His name is Everett St. James. And she finds it really comforting, even though she's not the core audience. She still benefits from his wisdom. And she decides she's going to email him. She doesn't think he's going to email back. But there's kind of a you've got a male element to it where they email back and forth and one of them learns who the other one is, but the other one doesn't know. But it's a really warm, cuddly book. Oh, that sounds so interesting. When you were when you started talking and kind of setting up the plot, the example that instantly came to mind was Anne and Andy from Parks and Rec, because she has to take care of him too. And then she, you know, when they break up, she has to reconfigure her life and figure out what it is that she wants because her identity was also wrapped up in Andy. Yeah, she was like his mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> If you could co-write a book with any fellow romance author, who would it be? And you could have fun with this one. Like, you can name anyone. Well, like, I thought, like, maybe I would go wild with this one and just say Jane Austen, even though she's dead. But (laughs) I think I would probably go with Martha Waters, actually, because I really love her. I love her books, and we have a similar sense of humor. So I think we could actually get along, whereas I don't know if I could meld very well with a whole lot of people because I'm so like I would want to take control of everything. We get that. And it's it's interesting you mentioned Martha Waters because we had her on our show last year and she was amazing. We loved her as a guest. Yes. She's great. She's awesome. If there was one romance book by another author you wish you wrote, which would it be? Probably Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne because it's so pretty. <laughs> That is a special book for me, too. I really enjoyed that book. I haven't read her Love at First yet. I've got it on deck, but I'm sure I will covet that one as well. Yeah, I I read both of those books. And it is, I think it's like also like a fluffy book because you have these two quiet characters. Um, I think the second book is a little more enemies to lovers-ish than the first one. So I love to see how they clash. And then they had these late like late night rendezvous and I still think about it (laughs) her writing is so pretty it's poetic yes that's the best way to describe it they are really poetic like you just want to give the writing a hug like the, the the actual words a hug yes so after readers finish your books what authors would you recommend they read next chloe lease carrie winfrey kate claiborne martha waters Martha's debut had a similar premise to You Deserve Each Other. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got introduced. And we've just been friends since. Rosie Danan or Danan. I never know how it's pronounced. Sophie Kinzella, Sally Thorne, Christina Lauren, Talia Hibbert, Jen DeLuca. I love that array of authors. There's so much variety in that. I really love that. I was also thinking of Kate Claiborne when we were talking about her because her books also remind me of yours. And also similarly with Christina Lauren, we love them. Lots of great options there. Yeah. So what would be a piece of advice you would give to someone who is just starting to write? I would say don't give up because that's been the primary thing that's gotten me through is just persistence. I keep trying, like even when you get rejections, you just turn around, you 
you do it again and again. You read as many books as you possibly can. You try to learn from them. And also research on literary agents and how to write a good query letter. Those are so invaluable. You have no idea. I used to intern at a literary agency and the query letters we'd, we'd get, woof. Yeah, some of them. <laughs> you'd be like 200 a day. So like ones that stood out, they stood out. And then some stood out for other reasons too. But <laughs> yeah. I used to be on the on the negative side of that spectrum when I started out. Like I was just, I was giving it my best guess. And I didn't realize when you needed to attach sample pages, you had to start at the beginning. So I was just like throwing in, you know, <laughs> chapter 23, a few pages that I liked. <laughs> I feel really bad for the agents who had to get Sarah Hogle submissions back in the day. <laughs> I get that though. It's like, this is the good, this is a really good part. Let me send them this. I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> because it's all about hooking, hooking them in, wanting them to like want to read more. <laughs> yeah. In your vast array of romance books that, that you've read, or even other books, have there been any characters from another author that you connected with so much? Oh. I know this is really hard. <laughs> it is. Like when I think about just characters overall that I really relate to, it's got to be Sophie Hatter from Howl's Moving Castle because it's my absolute favorite book in the whole world. And also Emma Woodhouse from Emma because she's kind of obnoxious and <laughs> like, yeah, she's just a very real character and I related to her flaws. And what books are you looking forward to reading this year? I have such a long to be read. One I got on my nightstand that I can't wait is The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. Me too. Which, I've been I've had that on my TBR for so long and I need to read it. Everyone says it's so warm and fluffy. So <laughs> I need that. <laughs> a few others are The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Act Your Age, Eve Brown. I read Danny's book recently, Danny Brown, mm -hmm. and I really loved it. I don't, Hanakan or Hanakan carries on. Oh, yeah, by Uzma Jalaluddin. Yes. And let's see, the rest of the Bergman Brothers series by Chloe Lise. I read her first one, Only When It's Us, and I really loved it. And I want to read the other ones. And also, The X-Hex by Rachel Hawkins. I can't wait for that. That has magic in it. So what do you have coming up in the pipeline? I just wrote a really bananas rom-com that probably can't say anything about because I don't know if anything will come of it. I really hope it does. I'm going to be sending it to my agent soon. And with any luck, it will publish. And uh, later in the year, I would like to write something with a lot of fantasy in it, if I can. We can't wait for both of those projects. If they're anything like your first two books, they're going to be awesome. Thank you. And thank you so much for being on our show. We had so much fun. And it was especially great to just like be able to fangirl with the author of You Deserve Each Other because I was like, it, I mean, again, I love that book to pieces. So thank you for writing it. And thank you for talking about it with us. Thank you for letting me talk. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so as a reminder, guys, Twice Shy is available now. If it's not on your TBR pile, what are you waiting for? And if you read Sarah's first book, let's fangirl about it together. Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.